mega churches, mega pastors. Tonight that anointing is coming upon somebody here. Amen. Amen. And what a blessing to receive from him again. Ladies and gentlemen, with Jesus George, shall we rise and welcome to our international pulpit, Bishop Ishmael Sam. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here tonight? You are leaving this place with a mega ministry. With a mega church. With a mega fellowship. If you are an area ministry shepherd. Your area ministry shepherd is going to take over the whole of the area. When you have area meetings, it's going to be like there is a convention in the area. Hey! Only a few of you believe that this will happen to you. Your church that you have now is going to be one of your ministries in your church. Hallelujah. That is why this, con- this conference has been organized by Bishop Godwell. So that by the grace of God, we shall receive the anointing to do what God wants us to do. And to have mega churches and to be able to transform our pastoral and our ministries in the name of Jesus. Let's put our hands together for our host, Bishop Jacob God will. Thank you very much. Let's take our seats. Art of Leadership started last year. Very powerful conference. I believe that many ministries and many lives and um, churches have been transformed because of that conference. And uh, this year too we are having it. I believe that we are going to live here with an anointing. Hallelujah. Tomorrow night and especially as the days go on, our own Bishop Adi is also going to be in the house. How many of you are expecting to hear Bishop Adi preach to us for this convention? It is going to be very powerful and Bishop Steve Asari is also going to be in the house. So let us continue to come Tomorrow morning, tomorrow evening, um, Friday morning, Friday evening, and we are going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. You can have a mega church. And you can have a mega ministry. Your fellowship can become a mega fellowship. It's going to be a church within the church. Hallelujah. By the time we finish this conference hallelujah um last night and uh, this morning or uh, this afternoon i started talking to you about the transform how to transform your ministry to have a mega ministry i told you that god when he decided to build his church he knew what he was doing and he knew what was going to go into having a mega church Hallelujah. We didn't ask God to build a church. He said he was going to build his own church. 
Hallelujah. Say, I will build my church. All these are what are you are building your house according to your specification. Is that not so? You are building your education according to your specification. God also said that I will build my house. And when God said he will build his house, uh, he gave his own way of building the house. And we saw how he instructed Moses to build the house with gold. And to overlay everything with gold. And Moses did exactly what he asked him to do. Amen. We saw how David came and fought and made sure that the ark was given a resting place. The house was brought and given, given a resting place. We saw how Solomon came and fought so that the ark and the house of God, the temple of God, would be exactly how God wanted it to be. No variations. But we also saw how Rehoboam <laughs> came on the scene. And instead of fighting to maintain the way God wanted the church to be, he went to sleep. Bible said that while men slept, we have some modern day Rehoboams around. In fact, the church has almost become like Rehoboam. He was there. When Solomon was there and when David was there, there was still Shushak the king of Egypt. Shushak the king of Egypt was still there. He had always planned to attack the temple and to spoil what God was doing. But they fought hard. To maintain it. But when Rehoboam came. He didn't fight hard. He Bible says that. In our second Chronicles 12 and 9. It says so Shishak king of Egypt. Came up against Jerusalem. And he had always. Let me tell you something. The enemy is always around. And had always been around. He was around in the time of David. In the time of Solomon. And what he came to do. He had always had the mind to do it. Just that he didn't have the opportunity to do it. David and Solomon and those ahead did not allow him to do it. But this time. He saw a door. He saw an opportunity. So he came and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord. And the treasures of the king's house. He took all. He took all. He carried away also the shields of gold. Which Solomon had made. He took it away. Shishak came to take it away. And after they have come to take it away. Instead of Shishak going to fight back. For the gold. And for the, for the way God wanted the temple to be, he decided to introduce a variation. A semblance of what God wanted to do. He decided. So I said that instead of which, 
King Rehoboam made shields of brass. And I told you this after that is what the church has done in our time and in our days. Many churches have made churches of brass. It looks like a church. It looks like we are doing the work of God. But it is actually brass. Hey. I pray to God that we will be like Solomon, we will be like David and fight to keep the brass. Many years after Jesus came on the scene, and then he also introduced the spiritual gold to the church. He was with the disciples. They saw it. He built a church. He, gave, he showed them how to do it. I wish I see how he showed them how to do it. He showed them how to do it. And they were doing it. But somehow, the, the, somehow Shishak appeared again in another form. To come and take away the spirit from the church. And the way God wanted to do the church. But thank God for Peter. Hallelujah. Thank God for fighters. Thank God for people who will not sit down for Shishak and for the devil to take away what God wants his church to be like. And the things that will make the church become a church. Thank God for Peter. Bible said that Peter saw the tricks of the devil. The deceptions of Satan. He saw Shishak come around to make them do things as though they were doing the work of God. And he made them feel good. You know, sometimes people make you feel good. What you are doing is not it. Hey. They felt so good, but he managed to see that no, this is not what our master did when he was with us. When he told us that he was going to build a church, that the things he did with us, the way he lived with us, this is not what he did. He did not leave the important things to go and do things that look like, but not it. So let us leave this kind of things. Let us be careful not to replace it with brass. So then they decided by the grace of God to do the right things. He said we will give ourselves to the word. Hallelujah. We will give ourselves to what? The word. And to the ministry, a prayer and to the ministry of the word. That's what he said. And then they appointed people to do. Peter was wise. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you that it's going to take wisdom for us to fight the plans and the tricks of the enemy to take away the gold from the church. Hallelujah. So that our ministries will be transformed to become that mega ministry that God wants us to have. Amen. Satan is always around. Amen. But we need wisdom. In Isaiah chapter 59 verse 19. 
Bible said that so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, you see, we must always be conscious of the presence of Shishak, the king of Egypt. He is always around, lurking around somewhere, waiting around somewhere to take away the gold from the church. To take away what we need to do for the church to grow and for the kingdom of God to be established. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, and the enemy had been around for years, hallelujah, he's been around for years, when he shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord, everybody say the spirit of the Lord, shall lift up a standard against him, May God lift up a standard against any plans of the enemy to take away the gold from our churches in the name of Jesus. Some of you, Shishak is not taking gold as it were. He's taking joy from your heart. He's taking zeal from your heart. He's taking a certain, a certain anointing from you. So that instead of anointing, instead of joy, you will do the work, but you will do it in a certain way. And the results will not be the same. The results will not be the same. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Hallelujah. The word standard is from a Hebrew word which means to cause something to vanish or to disappear. After this art of leadership conference, every arrow, every weapon that the enemy is using against you so that your church will not grow to cause you to be discouraged shall disappear. In the name of Jesus, it shall vanish. In Jesus' name, you will be glad doing the work of God. You will be glad coming for fellowship meetings. You will be glad going to start a church. You will be happy when you hear that today is ministry meeting day. Hallelujah. You will be happy because you see, that the enemy is going to vanish. It will disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus. You see, Bible said, then the Lord shall lift up the, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up the side. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of wisdom. The spirit of the Lord is the spirit of wisdom. And we need wisdom to even know that this is not gold but this is silver. And this is brass. They look alike. They look the same. But they are not the same. Hallelujah. Many times I have difficulty distinguishing between rare hair and wig or artificial hair. Yes. 
unless yours is a Korean one, that one I can easily, if you are a Ghanaian woman wear and wear Korean hair, we shall see. But some of the hairs that they wear, you'll be surprised to know that it looks like real hair. It looks like real hair. But it is not real. It is for some it was a Japanese somewhere or a Brazilian somewhere. So if you are if you are not wise and you say I'm going to marry and I like hairs, I am into hairs, long hairs. Hey, you will be swept behind. You will be swept. You go home and the person will remove the wig like that. Hey! You will see a Rastafarian woman. A Rastafarian woman you have got to get married to. But when you saw the wig, you couldn't see that this one is not the real hair. These days, even breasts are not real breasts. Hey! They look close and parallel. He said, Me, I want pointed breasts. But you don't know that there are some kind of brazier or thing that somebody can wear. When they are walking, June, I said, Ask for this breast. Yeah. Ah! But when you go home and she removes, you will see how it will roll like carpet. <laughs> it will roll like carpet like this. Then you see that it was close, it was parallel, but it wasn't the same. Hey. These days, you can see a slim woman. He said, Me, I want a Coca Cola shape. They have something they wear. How do you call that thing that like you put goddess or what do you call it? Eh? Eh? Get, get, what? Get the. Hey! They can, they can ask you to come and help them. <laughs> hey! I saw it in a film. I saw it in a film. <laughs> hey! Yeah, I saw it in a film. They, they, look, they wear it there. Uh, you can see a can cook. A can cook that can suddenly become a bottle cook. Because they shape. But when they go home and they say, remove it for me. It was close, but you did not, you were not wise to see. You need wisdom to see the difference. How can you be in a church like this and you cannot see that this is? A good church. 
And some of you can be in a very nice church, very nice marriage with a very nice woman. And then you see someone else. You say, oh, this is what I like. Why? Hallelujah. Bible says that the Lord will lift up a standard to cause the enemy to disappear. And at this conference, we are receiving wisdom to cause all those things to disappear. Hallelujah. So that we shall become good shepherds, good pastors, golden ministers, golden churches. Hallelujah. We need wisdom. Now, the first kind of wisdom, the first kind of wisdom that you cannot contest is the wisdom of looking to Jesus to do exactly what he did. Hallelujah. And in the chapter book of chapter 2 of Transform Your Pastoral Ministry, you see how you can achieve excellence in ministry. You get it? How you can achieve excellence in ministry. I mean, when you don't know what to do, what do you have to do? Do you understand? What do you have to do? You have to look to Jesus. Jesus is our greatest example of excellence in ministry. The gold that God told Moses, the gold became flesh and dwelt amongst us and showed us in flesh and blood how to do it so that it will work. Hallelujah. So Jesus is our, the wisdom of using Jesus as our greatest example. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You know, Bible said no one has seen the Lord except the Son and he has made him known to us. Hallelujah. And Bible said he is the express image of his person. So Jesus Christ is what God wants us to do. What God wants us to do. When in doubt, do what the good shepherd did. He said what? I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. A shepherd is a pastor. A shepherd. And whatever. He said, I am the good shepherd. So what did Jesus do? As a good shepherd, when he decided to build a church, what is the model that he gave to us to use? And I'll give you four of these models that Jesus gave for us to bring back the gold into the church. Hallelujah. To build a ministry that your church is going to have, if I one service should not be enough for your church. Yesterday night I told the mind of Jesus. He said he didn't want any empty seat. He didn't want any empty house. But when he started the feast, it was empty. He fought and fought and fought. It didn't happen in a day. But he fought and did things until the house was full. Hallelujah. He fought and and did things until the house was full. Amen. Now, 
you will give a good understanding of these four aspects of Jesus' ministry will transform your ministry. Hallelujah. Maybe you came here to hear some 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 formula, formula for church growth. I'm here to tell you that I have nothing to tell you but what Jesus himself did. What is the first thing Jesus did? The first is the formula of prayer. Formula of prayer. The goal that God showed uh, uh, Moses to, to, to do, that goal included prayer. It included prayer. And the Bible said that in the morning, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and then prayed. Prayer is the last thing many Christians are doing. Prayer. Many shepherds don't pray. Many Christians don't pray. Many worship leaders don't pray. Many instrumentalists don't pray. Many ashes don't pray. Hey! Meanwhile, the, the way Jesus showed us to build the church, one very important aspect of it is the way of prayer, the wisdom of prayer. If you use this wisdom, the enemy shall vanish and shall disappear. But we are not praying. We are using wisdom. I don't know what type of wisdom is that. And Takashi. No wonder we have entered into a realm of stealing church members. Hey. These days, if you are there and somebody comes to join your church, you probably even know that this person attend, attend that church. But when he comes, instead of you to call the person and ask, why have you left this church to come here? They will rather <laughs> encourage you to stay. One day I was having, we were having a convention. And the convention was going on. And I, I saw some commotion at the back, but I didn't really know what was happening. When we closed the convention, my chief usher came to me with a flyer. And he said that a certain man had come around the area to start a church. And he decided that his evangelism would be done in my church during my convention. Go ye into the churches and preach the word. So he was sharing flyers inside the church, inside the convention. Inside the church, inside the convention. Hey! Whereas people were, are saying that when they were starting the church, they will go to Kaligono Beach and they will be praying all night. Sometimes stepping on human <laughs> excreta. Praying. I remember Bishop would take us to Achimota Forest. He would make us pray. Legon Gardens, he would make us pray. Not at Legon Gardens, he would make us pray. He would take us to prayers, we would pray. He would give us 60 hours of prayer. 
And there was a time Bishop Hamish was the one in charge of us when we go and pray. Before we went to start our churches. Up the great hall at Legon. Hey! Bishop Hamish would give us the prayer topic and he would disappear. Whereas we are lifting up a standard against the enemy to disappear. He, he would give us the prayer topic and he would disappear. Hey, we will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Expecting him to come and he won't come. He is somewhere praying. We will pray till we can't pray anymore. Then you see him coming. I remember he put his hand in a small flat and he has a particular tongue. Left, 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 because the person who is leading us knows that that is what that was the way of the master that is what Jesus is pray hey these days I didn't see in the church I see people fighting for sheep in the church this ministry is stealing this ministry this ministry sheep hey this is my soul this is my soul he has stolen my soul say hey Pray. I told this more young show the pastor of the largest church. And I can tell you, I mean, Bishop Dyke, what most as I know, with all the mega churches he has and all the branches and all the pastors and all this one, he is a man of prayer. In fact, it will not occur to me to even call him at certain times of the day or in the night. Because I will know that he, unless it's very necessary, even that one, I'll probably send a test and hope that he will be in the flesh more and see. <laughs> Amen. Pray. And church, if you want to transform our ministry, we have to pray. Amen. We have to pray. You cannot, you see, instead of prayer, you cannot put WhatsApp. Instead of prayer, you cannot put anything there. That's what Rehoboam did. Instead of the gold, he put brass. He put brass. No matter the, 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 no matter how, whatever it is, you can't you can have the work, God the work you are doing. You cannot have time. Still make time to pray. Brothers and sisters, we are not wrestling against fresh and blood. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. This work that we are doing eh, is a spiritual work. And if Jesus prayed, who are you not to pray? You just ask yourself, who are you not to pray? Shepherd, he said, my ministry is not growing. My, in this book, you will see kinds of prayers that pastors have to pray and shepherds have to pray. Territory taking prayers. How to intercede against nations, cities, against laws, certain natural laws and things that will naturally attack and affect you as a pastor, as a shepherd. You will see. You cannot substitute anything with prayer. We have to pray. Hallelujah. We have to pray. 
Otherwise, what we are building will look like, but it will not be. Amen. What is the next thing Jesus did? Visitation. Visitation. Yeah. Visitation. Eh, this one has become a cake. As for visitation, there are, are, are ways of visiting people. You don't have to go there yourself. You need to know these days of what happened. These days of these days. I mean, how do you have to go there yourself? There are many ways. I can give a call. I can do this. I can do that. But you see, huh, it's your laziness. Mark chapter 1 verse 29. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus entered into the house of his sheep. He entered. Jesus was a good shepherd. Amen. He entered into the house of his sheep. He entered. The wisdom of visitation. You see, sheep are different from shepherds. And many of us, you see, we are, we are shepherds, but we don't know our, the, the people we are dealing with. If you are working in any organization, whatever, you are a mechanic, you know what you are doing with, you are, what, what you are dealing with. You are Benz mechanic. You know that you deal with Benz. You know how Benzes behave. You know that if the, if the sound changes to this level, it means this and it means that. It is only the church that does not know the, the, the people we are dealing with. We are shepherds, but we don't know our sheep. If you read the book, The Art of Shepherding, you will see the characteristics of sheep. What will make a sheep stay? Why do you think this has money to make Peter stay with him? Why do you think Peter managed, Jesus managed to make Peter stay with him? Why do you think that Jesus managed to make Thomas stay with him? Why do you think he managed to make them stay with him? It's because of his way of shepherding. He knew the sheep. He knew that for the sheep, if you don't visit the sheep, you see, it will not, the sheep will not have a certain relationship with you. Yeah. So Jesus visited the sheep. Some of you don't even know the four sheep you have. You don't know their names. Hey. When I, how many sheep do you have? You say, how for name them? Oh, John. Um, yes, Kofi, Kofi. Kofi what? Four. Where do they stay? What do they do? You don't know. Hey. Meanwhile, you want your ministry to be big. Mega ministry. But the Bible says, Jesus, almighty God, he had time to visit the sheep go to the house. You know, 
when you go to the sheep's house, eh, you will know when you understand. That is why God had to visit us himself. Hey! Because otherwise we'll be singing this song, oh Lord, if you are looking below, you will see that it's worse then, now than then. Do you get it? There's a song like that. If you are looking, it's worse now than then. It's worse now than when you were alive. Or if, if, if you have been a man, you would understand. But because you are God, you don't understand. When you visit, but he visited us, the sheep. That's why he's a good shepherd. And he understood our problems. That's why there's a son that said that he walked where I walk. He stood where I stand. He knows our frailties. Shed our humanity. Tempted in every way. Had, had, go, had to go. I want to, I want to go to church on Sunday. <laughs> Yet without sin. So close to us, God with us, Emmanuel. Because he visited us. Because he visited us, that's why he's a good shepherd. He knows when to come in. That's why he can forgive us our sins. Because he visited us. When he visited us, it's when you visit somebody, you know a lot about the person. When he visited us, he took us the form of a man and he visited us. He said, Wow, these guys are trying. These guys are trying. Hey! With the flesh of man, one day I visited a church member. When I visited her, Charlie, huh, where the girl was staying, way, 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 somewhere, and she was the la- their house, the last house before a very big gutter, which serves as the toilet for the whole community. So in the morning, mother. Father, daughter-in-law, son-in-law, all of them, you see them lined up, feeling free. And the house was smelling. Hey. In fact, before you get to that place, you have to park your car somewhere because there was no way you could get there. Park that and walk and walk and walk. And so we visited again. So I asked her, so how do you come to church? She told me that before, she, she doesn't even dress in her house before coming to church. She has a friend somewhere on the way. So she'll take her things and go to the friend. And then she'll have a bath and wear her dress and come to church. Because the dress has to be folded in a polythene bag so that they smell in the area. And then one day,
day I saw this girl was coming for a meeting. And then she was late. And then the shepherd. Hey. Come and see the shepherd. The way the shepherd blasted her. And I was looking at the shepherd. So I called the shepherd and said, Do you know where she stays? Have you visited her before? Have you visited her before? In fact, after what he he I said, go if you go and you like you make the, you make her you carry her on your on your back. You carry on your back just for coming. Hey. Recently I just visited a member of my church. And this member, I told him that there was sometimes I was getting angry with him. Because he does something in the church. But you know, during conventions and things, sometimes he will not come. So I was getting a bit irritated. And I decided to go and visit him. Hey. When I visited, you won't believe it. Even my car, I couldn't leave it outside. The place is wild. I said, hey, is that where you stay? So yeah. From that day, I started respecting the brother. It's like I've come to understand him. Do you get it? So you, the shepherd, you need to visit the sheep to understand the sheep you are working with. Sheep need a certain kind of shepherd to be able to be a good sheep. Your four sheep. Pastor gave those four sheep to you. So that you can have time to go and visit them and talk to them, know where they are and, 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 and lead them. Allay their fears. Tell them that Chale, it, no sheep need hope. Sheep need that. So David said, The Lord is my shepherd. I shouted, What does he say about the shepherd? What does he do? He leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Hey. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for my shepherd is with me. For my shepherd is with me. Sometimes people will ask, why do you have all these good people? Why do you have all these people who mention Bishop Adi, Bishop Saki? Why do you have all these good people? It's because the shepherd, you see, we shall fear no because the shepherd is with us. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside still waters. Yeah. The shepherd is interested in the sheep. Because we are all sheep. The shepherd is interested in the sheep. But you four sheep you have. The only time you think about your sheep is when it is meeting time. Can I preach? Preach. Preach. When it is before you begin to send WhatsApps. Hey, where are you? Sometimes on some of the WhatsApp groups that you will see them. Where are you? Meeting is starting. Where are you? Where are you? The person hasn't eaten. He doesn't know where to go to. Hey. And meanwhile, Pastor, you haven't even come to that thing. You don't even know, let alone coming to tell Pastor. Hey. Jesus visited. It is when he visited. 
when he visited that he will, he will see things he entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John he entered we gave you pastor gave you members up to today you don't even know their names sometimes I get sheep and I give it to somebody I say one day I get I got a very good sheep and I was trying to give the sheep to a shepherd you won't believe it we are all standing there so take care of this sheep as soon as I turned, the, the person turned and the ship was standing like that. Oh. So I had to come back and yeah, took the ship, the ship myself. Why? Amen. Amen. And so, Jesus visited. If you are a shepherd in this church or whatever church you are pastor and you don't visit, you are not doing what you are supposed to do. You see, visitation is not the same as what happened. It can work. It's work. Witty invest is good. But there are times, you see, what happened is it's pastor who should be using WhatsApp. Not you are two people to what that we can do visitation. No. Visitation, can you imagine God sent us a water? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> then he made he made he made a, 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 this emoji sign of life, love. And they had to be pumping. I love you. I love you. I love you. I shall. I die. I die for yourself. I die for you, sir. I, would you be in church by now? If he sent you a WhatsApp, even if he sent you a, even if he gave you a call, you wonder. But he visited us. So it was not the first time he was visiting. No, he had already visited us to be as a man. Hallelujah. So, shepherd, pastors, this, you see, when we do this, when we do this, we shall have a mega church. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't look for anything outside anything. Just do what God wants you to do. It's in the book. Jesus visited. Hallelujah. Amen. And then teaching. Teaching. And he said unto them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also. For therefore came I forth and he preached in their own synagogue throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. Hallelujah. We should teach the word of God which is able to save our souls. We should teach. When you go for fellowships, you know, our fellowships must not be times that we are only talking about, you know, taking, uh, always talking about contributions and what we we'll wear for the next program and what we we'll sit down with the four people, shepherd, and teach them. Take a book. We are giving small books when we came. Take one of the little books and can I have one of it? The ones that were registered, we're giving. Take it, take it like this. How to start a church? If you get a converted, how to start a church, you run away. But take the book. Take the book. If it is shepherds of pastors, then you teach them. Hallelujah. You take the book and you teach, teach, teach the word. 
if you don't have anything to teach you can take the daily devotionals that bishop have been sending in fact that alone can make you a mega preacher hey. and then we have the almanac teach teach in your see don't be under pressure to teach but teach things that are not important you see many people are teaching but they are already not teaching some of somebody say, Why, how do you get all these people? Where do you get them from? They, you see, Jesus got Peter, James, and John from teaching. He was teaching them. He spent time. He didn't, he didn't take them for seminars on how to mortgage your life and how to do... No, he was teaching them the word. That is why when he left, they were able to stay. Your converts cannot stay in church because instead of teaching them, making them come for new believers' school, teaching them about seven great principles, teaching them about how to become a strong Christian, you are not teaching them. Without that, you cannot have strong Christians. You cannot. You cannot be. A, you cannot have strong Christians. So shepherds, are we going to teach our members? Are we going to teach our sheep and teach if you are a pastor, teach your church in series don't be under pressure to impress anybody whilst he's preaching you know once I read a book that Bishop written and something says I do, he has come to a time he doesn't teach, he doesn't teach or preach for you to come and tell him anything he preaches and teaches what God wants him to preach and what you have to hear, it's as simple as that Many of us, when we are teaching, we want to say things so that people will be happy. Those kind of teachings, they don't make good Christians. They don't make, I mean, ground, they don't ground Christians. You are teaching and people are coming to put money there. And so you want to say something. Hey. And these are Christians who have come, they won't take their time to read. So anything, hey, I saw a man of God, somebody was preaching. Hey! He was preaching, the, the church was charged. Then he said that um, Isaac made for Joseph coats of many colors. Eh? No, Jacob made for Joseph coats of many colors. Huh? Coat of many colors. Now he was trying to explain the coat of many colors. And he said, the coat of many colors is not that, you know, the Bible said he made him a coat of many colors. But the person he made him coats. Definitely, it was only it was not one coat, different coat. So he said, I see you from today. You are going to have green coat. You are going to have brown coat. You are going to have yellow coat. And come and see the whole church. You yourself, you will not read the Bible. Coats of many colors of many colors houses of many colors hey. 
Are you there with me? Let you see, teach your members, teach them how to become strong Christians, teach them about about the art of shepherding, teach them about top mistakes that pastors make and shepherds make, teach them about sweet influences of the Holy Spirit. Hey, teach them. Any time you have an opportunity to preach, ask yourself if Jesus was going to preach, what would he say? Some of the topics we give these days, I'm sure that Jesus is saying, he realized that, he realized that he's not a good preacher. Hey, we have the topics, amen, and then interaction, interaction, not intercourse, interaction. Interaction. This day we have shepherds who are not interacting. Jesus interacted. Bible said that now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said, "Come ye after me; I will make you fishers of men." So it shows that Jesus interacted with the people. He flowed with them. Hallelujah. Know your sheep. Know your members. Talk with them. Hallelujah. Talk with them and visit with them. Amen. Use this wisdom, the wisdom of what Jesus did. Prayer. The wisdom of teaching. The wisdom of visitation. The wisdom of interaction. Haven't you, can't you see that if you were doing this, your five sheep would still be in church? They would have been with you here today as you are sitting here. But if I should ask, where is your sheep today? You don't know where the sheep is. But if we were to ask Jesus, where, where is Peter? He would tell us. He even, know, he even knew where Peter's mother-in-law was. Amen. Amen. So shepherds, let's know our sheep. And let's do what Jesus, the wisdom we should also use the, you see, for us to cause the enemy to vanish, we should also use the wisdom of good shepherding. Good shepherding. Hallelujah. Good shepherding. If you read Zechariah chapter 11, I told you um, yesterday night, Zechariah chapter 11, and the Lord said unto me, take unto thee yet the instrument of a foolish shepherd. Hey. God wants us to be good shepherds, but now we are becoming foolish shepherds. Foolish shepherds. And what are the instruments of a foolish shepherd? The Bible says that for lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land which shall not visit those that be cut off. So a foolish shepherd is a shepherd who doesn't visit the sheep. Opposite of what Jesus did. Look at the, the greatest visitation of all when the Lord Himself became man to visit with us. But a foolish shepherd is a shepherd who does not visit the sheep. You call yourself a shepherd, you call yourself a pastor, but you don't visit your sheep. You don't visit your sheep. 
Bible calls this instrument of foolish shepherding. May God deliver you from foolish shepherding in Jesus' name. How many of you want God to deliver you from that? Neither shall seek the young one. You see, foolish shepherds don't seek the young ones. They don't look for young ones. They don't look for converts. Look at First Love Church. You see, young people, eh, we have problems. Young people, we have problems. <laughs> yeah. Young people like us, we have problems. Oh, you think I'm not young? Sure. Young people have problems. And we need, young people are hot. <laughs> Very active. They want to know what is happening. One day, a young person came to me and asked me. The young person was, I think, level 200. He said, Pastor, I feel for sex. What should I do? Hey! Because young people are hot. I feel for sex. What should I do? Amen. We thank God she didn't come and ask you. If she came to ask you, say wow. what should you do what should I do a foolish shepherd will tell you something else amen but a foolish shepherd would, a good shepherd would take care of young ones Recently, Bishop has started the young people. So that's the um, the first love church. Come and see young people and what they are doing. Young people who could have been at the who should be at the discourse, who should be smoking, who should be drinking, serving the Lord, going all out for God, fully. Look at you as you are sitting. I saw young people yes singing in the choir. Giving your energies and your life for Jesus. If you like, go to a disco and go and see young people what they are doing there. You don't even need to go there. Amen. Amen. Foolish shepherds do not heal that which is broken. Some people are broken. Jesus came to heal the broken hearted. Look, if you don't know what to do, look at what Jesus did. That which is broken. Some of you, your sheep are broken. They have lost their jobs. They are broken. Their beloved have left them. The man told them, we are going to have the engagement next week. Then they are sending a test before they are done. He sent a WhatsApp that have changed my mind. So she woke up to see the WhatsApp that the engagement is not coming on. The sheep is broken. But a foolish shepherd would not mind such a sheep. Hey. May God raise up wise shepherds amongst us in the name of Jesus. Nor feed that 
that standeth still. But he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their claws in pieces. That's what the foolish shepherd will do. He will eat the flesh of the fat. And if you can, you see, some of us, instead of taking care of the sheep, we have gone to the point of eating the sheep. A foolish shepherd will be eating the sheep. Let a sheep go and tell a foolish shepherd that I feel for sex. He will make kebab of you. Hey! Am I preaching? I'm not saying of God said that you see, this is a foolish shepherd. And this is it's a kind of punishment. It's like, you see, when God wants to punish people, he just gives you a foolish person. Then Bishop Jacob was talking about the leadership of a child and the leadership of women and children. When God wants to punish you, that's how all happens. Amen. So shepherds, let's use the wisdom of good shepherding. What there is, see, there is no soul that is not important to God. There's no sheep. Let's have time for the sheep. When pastor Gideon, your pastor gives you sheep to take care of, let him rest assured that next two years when he comes to ask you of the sheep, you will show him the sheep and tell him the children of the sheep that the fruit of the sheep that's what you that's what you are going to do and that is going to be your story in the name of Jesus some of you when we come and ask you you had ten sheep, how many sheep do you have now? you can account for only two hey. so we need to make good Shepherds, use wisdom of good shepherding. Hallelujah. And God will bless us. In closing, we can also use the wisdom of commitment. Wisdom of building committed members. You see, the Lord will raise up a standard against the enemy and the enemy will vanish. Commitment. If you want your ministry to grow You want your church to grow You must have to fight for more commitment Yeah Fight for your people to be committed Hallelujah These committed members are the people who build the church Who are the people who come for meetings every day Who are the people who come to church when it's raining Are they not the committed members there are some people what come rain or shine, they will be in church. Come rain or shine, they will be in church. Hallelujah. Are you a committed member? You see, if when you the shepherd yourself, you are not a committed member, how can you build a committed sheep? How can you build a committed sheep? Hey. So you should prove that you are a committed member. You are committed to your sheep. Many years ago, Bishop showed committed to his sheep. When he finished medical school, and he had he could go out there to he had opportunity to go out there to further his education and do everything. 
He committed himself to the sheep that I will stay with you. I will not go anywhere. And from that day, that is why after today, you can see people leave their jobs and say that I will work for Jesus. Yes. That is why. Because they saw commitment. Put your hands together for Jesus. They saw commitment. So when we have sheep, we need to build them to be committed sheep. And in the book, the mega church, we have four types of commitment. Four main types of commitment. And I want you to see where you are. And when you are giving a sheep, when you are giving a church member, you need to build them up for to become ultimately committed to God. Hallelujah. So what is the type of commitment? We have fair weather commitment. Fair weather commitment. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 4. Wealth maketh many friends, but the poor is separated from his neighbor. Hey, if you marry, you see, if the first time you propose to the girl, she says she will marry you. Because you didn't have a car. You didn't have a house. And then suddenly, by the grace of God, you got a car. You got a house. And then, you got a test from her. No, I was just checking, on, checking up on you. And then suddenly, you started chatting. And you proposed again. And she said, oh, I will agree. Use yourself. You see, you should know the kind of person you are going to get married. This is a fair weather kind of woman you are going to get married to. Let any problem arise. Hey! Let the rain come small. You will see, you will smell pepper. You will smell pepper. You see, they are committed to you as long as everything is going on well. And in the church, there are people like that. There are people who are committed to the church as long as everything is going on well. But you, the shepherd, you are supposed to let the person graduate from there. You are supposed to train the shepherd, teach the shepherd, lead the shepherd to graduate from coming to the church only on Sundays. When it is not this, there's not even weather. This days, even football. Kumkumbajia. This days, no weather. Is is kumkumbajia. Kumkumbajia will not let you come to church. Hey, because the conference time coincides with kumkumbajia. Eh. Yeah. It's killing Christians. Indian Fanti. It's very funny. <laughs> you see Christians, you see, until you have built your ship up, that whatever the condition, the ship will come to church. You have not built your ship. You have not done anything. Hallelujah. 
fair weather people they fall away when crisis come when there's crisis you know, boom, they will go away and then you must also know this type of situational friendship commitment pastor you cannot build your church on fair weather Christians you have to take your time and invest in committed members Jesus could have taken a thousand people to leave the church but he took twelve poured himself into them made them very committed even unto death and he was very sure when one of them became somewhere he brought another one a reserve player was there he brought a reserve player to come and make it up amen and then we have situational friendship commitment as you are in the church you are a shepherd you are starting a church you should know the state of your flock you should know their levels of commitment it is going to help hallelujah you should know it and what the situation at level of commitment that is people who are committed to you as long as the situation permits situation permits hallelujah it's like we are friends because we went to the same school as i'm here there are people who were my friends when we were in school 30 something years after school i've never even i don't even know where they are but we were supposed to be friends we were supposed to be friends but you see it shows you that the friendship in fact there was a time i thought i was even in love with somebody and I said, wow, this is the person I'll marry. I was so sure. But then the person where we were, the person got transferred to another place. It didn't take two days. <laughs> it didn't take two days. And I realized that this kind of love is a situational kind of love. Look, I never thought of her again. I did not, if I, I, I even forgot that she existed. And I'm sure she also forgot that I existed. And it, be, it died a natural death. Can you imagine if we had, if we had married, you see, if, they, if we had stayed long in, the, in that situation and we had married, what kind of, what sort of marriage would that be? Situational marriage. Hey. When the situation permits. Amen. Like many of you girls, you have area boyfriends. Closeness to source of power. Up to today, you have regretted that the guy was your boyfriend. If you don't want to hear his name again. So, ah! But just because the person was staying around your area. That is situational, my friend. Hey. People who come to church only because the church is close. Look, I have members of the church who come to church from Accra. I know somebody, he comes to church from as far as Ashelebuche to Tema. And he is there. And I know someone who lives in my area and goes to church at the Kodesh in Accra. The person will pass. We have, we have two mega 
cathedrals on the way. Community 22, and even Sakumana Cathedral. The person will pass on and go to Kodesh. That means that the person's commitment to the church is not, is not, is not because of closeness or distance or whatever. It's because the person loves the church. I mean, he's just there. She, she, she or she loves the church. That's all. That's all. Amen. You know, if you know that your destinies are linked to sometimes the church, eh, you see that you can't easily leave the church because of distance or because of what? Yeah. Because of this or because of that. You can't easily leave the church because of that. When the situation is okay, I remember I was listening to a testimony for one of the first love um, young girls. And she said that she had to break up a relationship. Did you hear that testimony? Because she realized that her destiny was linked to the church. And meanwhile, the guy is from another church. So that if she marries, it means that you have to go to where your husband is attending the church. So because of that, because of that, is, is this person not a committed member? Wouldn't you want to have a ship like that? You all want to have a ship like that. A ship who said, look, my destiny is linked to this thing. And I'm going to be in it till death shall do as part. Not one who is here. You know, some of you, I, once I went to a place, a certain guy was building a, a, a ministry. And as he was building a ministry, I realized that about three of the ladies he was used to build a ministry, he was pouring his heart into them. They were all about to get married, to move to another church. And I said, why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your time? Hallelujah. So, you cannot rely on such people. So, develop your sheep. Use wisdom to develop. You see, when the sheep is not really committed, that is when, when things happen, it can easily leave you. But when the sheep is committed, you see, the sheep cannot easily leave you. Yeah. And then we have non-situational commit friendship commitment they will not leave whatever happens hey i remember recently our church in tema was attacked by armed robbers we closed from church they closed from church on on, on one weekday and one pastor was going to but i mean she was in her car suddenly she had somebody get out get down and there was some scaffold somewhere suddenly there was a gunshot boom so there was exchange of fire. Where the other fire was coming from, I cannot tell you. But there was exchange of fire. And then the arm robber was shot and he died. There was confusion. Newspapers, television stations, all over the eye was not even there. And when they described the situation to me, it was like a war zone. Bullets were flying on top of the car. Pew, 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 pew. You went to church. She went to church. I remember one of the ladies said they had a hand. They said, let's go into this taxi. And so when the, the gun went off, then she managed to dive into a car. And there were bruises all over her. Church, you came to church. 
and gunshot. Pew, 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 pew. So I was somewhere and I came back. When I came back, I said, What is going to happen next Sunday? Would they come to church? Will people come to church? But I tell you, that is when I saw committed members. Hey! It's like, no, they came to church that Sunday. I could not believe. I could not believe. However, there were some few who wanted to save their skin. But majority of them were in church. We even had a convention in the midst of it and they came. If you were not committed and you had you had gunshots in the church, would you come? Would you come? But from today, will you come? <laughs> but you see, the level of commitment God wants us to have, that will see, make our churches grow. And the level of commitment you need to let your sheep have. Do you understand? So your sheep will be committed to the church. First, as I'm here, I am committed to the church. Do you get it? I am. I don't know what will make me, by the grace of God, leave the church. I am committed to the church, and that is the marital commitment. Marital commitment. You see, when when you are married to the church or to somebody, you see that. The, 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 the vow said that till death shall do us part. Yes. It must be a marital commitment. We must be married. You see, we must see ourselves as married to the church. So that it's like when we are coming to church, how many of you are not happy when you are going to your, 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 your wife's home or your, your husband's home? How many of you are not happy when you are going home? Of course, I mean... Some of you may not be happy, but you have to be happy. <laughs> Amen. You have to be happy. Bishop Ayi preached about this message and he used the example of Prince Charles and Lady Diana to even further explain how deep marital commitment is. That even though the wife, who he was legally, I don't think they were legally divorced, so legally married and the guy the woman was going out with another man and died but he went to pick his wife the other, he went to collect his wife and brought her to bury her and that is marital commitment hallelujah even in divorce he was still thinking about her as my wife my wife and look, until and unless your commitment comes to this level of marital commitment or even sibling commitment or family commitment. Where is that we are a family? You are my brother, you are my sister. We have one father. You see that you have not reached that level of commitment. And you need to bring up your sheep. If the sheep gets to that level, I tell you, it will be a, a standard against anything that the enemy will raise against us. If you have committed members. Hallelujah. So let us seek to make our members committed. Let us force to make them 
understand what they are doing. Let's teach them. Let's teach them why you must be a permanent member of the church. Let's teach them why. Reasons why you must be a permanent member of the church. Don't just say teach anything. And at the time, you would see that these permanent members are the ones who are going to give birth to sheep. Yeah, as bishop made me a permanent member of the church. As bishop made me a permanent member, as he invested in me and made me a permanent member of the church because I was once a sheep. I'm still a sheep in a certain way, but for the purpose of what I'm teaching, I was once a sheep, and then he saw me. Then he he made me a shepherd. And then he made me a permanent member of the today. As a permanent member of the church, he sent me to a place and I have also been able to have fruits. That's one one thing about permanent membership. They will also begin to have sheep. That is why if you hear that a beloved and a beloved have given a pregnant, what do you say? Maybe they are beloved, but the beloved is pregnant. What do you say? Eh? Are you not surprised? Well, what would make a beloved? That's beloved means you are not married. What would make two unmarried people get pregnant? Is it not fornication? And it will surprise all of us. Is that not so? It will because it is not a permanent relationship. It is only a permanent relationship that is able to bring forth fruit. It's only a permanent relationship that's able to bring forth fruit. But when you see that, like you may see very soon that Mama Kezia is pregnant, would you be surprised? Would you be surprised? You won't be surprised because that relationship, that is the obvious things we should see. <laughs> Nobody will be surprised. Nobody will say some things are going on in the church. Why is she pregnant? No, 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 no. That is what it means. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, dear friends, let's, let's believe God to have mega churches. After this convention, sorry, after this conference, as I told you, you are becoming good shepherds. There's no one who shall be referred to as a foolish shepherd. All foolish duty has been taken away from us. And we have become good shepherds. We are bringing back the gold into the church. And I recommend, you see, tools, instrument of good shepherding includes the mega church. Good books. Good transform pastor. All these books and messages. Listen to them. Listen to the podcast and build yourself up. And build other sheep. And you see how God will bless you. Look, many of us say our destinies and our prosperity is linked to the total liberation of the African continent. Anyway, sorry. Our de- <laughs> our destiny and our future is linked to the work we do in the church. You'll be surprised. That is why you have to give yourself fully and wholly to your church and to the ministry. You will see how you'll be blessed. You'll see how you'll be blessed. So many things are interconnected. 
so many things so many things just ending with a testimony of somebody John Bishop Ampofu was preaching he was talking about stages of loy- stages of disloyalty signs and stages of disloyalty and as he was saying it, it just, a testimony just occurred to me and I said I will share with you before we leave you know then many times so we are writing exams in the church people will be complaining how many of you have complained before because there is an exam in the church annual global exam how many of you have complained before before not now before hey so we said this no we did an exam on loyalty and everything and she wrote it very committed member she wrote it and then she went for um, she had a, a job interview when she went they asked her to go and sit in a room to wait for the interview to come on she went to I think a recruitment agency or so so she was sitting in a room as she was sitting there a certain man entered the room when the man came the way the man was dressed she told her said oh this job there I've lost it if I'm coming for the same interview with this man then there's no way I'll get this job so she already disqualified herself but as they were sitting there the man started asking her questions they started a conversation so it ended it, 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 it took the form it, it, it was like where do you go to church he said I go to lighthouse when he said she said I go to lighthouse the man said oh bishop loyalty bishop loyalty's church hey so say this your loyalty thing no talk to me about the loyalty thing talk to me about the loyalty thing and the girl had just recently written an exam on loyalty so at this stage one may say what are the stages of disloyalty she started stage number one stage number two what's stage number one what's stage number one stage number two stage number three i mean she ratted it with windows and with doors she gave it by the time she got to stage number four the door to the room opened and the same woman what ushered her to the room entered the room and she said oh the interview has already started. It was then that the lady asked, oh, Who is this man? He said, Oh, this is the CEO of the company that we are going to interview you for. And when she said, Oh, the interview has already started, then the man said, Oh, don't worry, call the others not to come. I have got the person I want. Hey, I have got the person I want. Some of you, just by being a shepherd, just by being a shepherd, you have gotten yourself a job. You say, I've got the person I want. Just last three weeks, she came to call me that she wants me to come and pray and dedicate her car. Her car that has come from writing an exam on loyalty. That exam you didn't write. It has come. I went to the, when I went to sit in the car. What? The car was breathing. Oh, oh, oh. I prayed over the car. May this be your story in the name of Jesus. 
as you do the shepherding work, as you follow up, as you do the main, it, it is linked to the total liberation of the African continent. It is linked to your breakthrough. What is happening here today is somebody's future. Somebody's future. Somebody's future husband. Somebody's future wife. Somebody's future job. Somebody's future. Everything is in what is happening here today. If I were you, if I were you, everything I'm hearing from this place, I would take it seriously. You will be the next person who will come and tell us that I went and they were asking the, the person asked me a question I remember the art of leadership I remember the examples you gave and I gave it and I got that job in the name of Jesus one brother he was going to do follow up one brother no one sister she was going to do, a follow, she was going to do follow up then he met a brother at the Accra mall and she said, please, this person came to my church at Achimota. But the person says, I live around this area, somewhere in Tema. So I want to see, can you direct me to the place? And the person asked her, what church do you attend? Say, Lighthouse, Achimota. He said, oh, I also attend Lighthouse, Tema. And so where you are going, I can direct you. But I even live around the area, so let me take you there. Dear friend, to cut a long story short, the next time they realized they were standing in front of the pulpit, do you, do you, brother, so so and so, take this sister to be your lovely wedded wife, to live together at a God's ordinance in the holy estate of matrimony? Do you, hey, then he said, I do. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. It ended. I said it is linked. It is. It is linked to the total liberation of the African continent. Hallelujah! It is linked. So let us do that work well. God is going to bless us. God is going to take us places. Our churches are going to be mega. Once again, I prophesy to you. That your church today is going to be a ministry in the church. The 200 church you have is going to be a ministry in the church. Your thousand members is going to be branches in of your church. And you are going to see mega growth and an explosion in the church as the Lord pours his spirit on you in the name of Jesus. Let's begin to pray in tongues for a while. Just begin to pray in tongues for a while. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kabo sukata brakaba shakata yandaraba. Reke taba sukata bashakata baya. You are the next person who will be going out for outreach. And you, you see, your job is linked to that thing. Your everything is linked to it. So do it. Give yourself wholly to the work. And you'll be blessed. Thank you, Father. For this conference thank you for bishop jake for organizing this conference thank you lord that our ministries have been transformed our churches have been transformed our fellowships and area 
area churches are being transformed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the standard you have you have raised against the enemy who seeks to scatter and to bring confusion to our members. Thank you for that the wisdom of being a permanent member, the wisdom of building good committed members. Thank you for the spirit of the mega church in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Put your hands together.